0: nobody has your story nobody has your strength fortitude mentality you're unique by yourself and it's okay to be yourself and understand that you are a part of god's timing welcome to the millennials and money podcast the podcast dedicated to encourage millennials to continue to make wise decisions with their money we find some of the best ways to learn is through stories so each week, your host and wealth advisor, Payne Boyer, invites a millennial guest on the show to share their money story. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy the show.
1: This week, I have a very special guest, a brother Okay, let's go. Never mind, get down. Never say hello.
0: Hey, 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 hey. Uh, I'm glad you guys are listening. I know this is going to be valuable. Um, don't uh, fast forward anything. I believe that every statement, I believe that every uh uh, t- every moment that you spend with us is going to be an increase in your life. Uh, so let's get it rocking and rolling, sir. Okay, you heard it right there. So now, I'm allow you here in a second a
1: chance to introduce yourself. All right. But let me first start by telling about how you and I know each other. Okay, cool. So Nehemiah, you and I must have known each other for about... I started going to Calvary, your church when I was 11 years old. So I knew you you, because he's the pastor's son. So I knew you. You might have met me when I was about 16, 17. About 16, 17. When when I was boxing. So we know each other. Over half our lives now. I think we're the same age. I was born eighty-seven.
0: Eighty-seven September. Yeah. So, yeah. so you got about a month. I got you by a month. I got you <laughs> yeah. by a month. And I remember your boxing t- days too, though. I hope y'all. I hope y'all heard that. He he definitely had hands for everybody who wanted to go against him.
1: So, Yeah. Yeah, man. So so that's how you and I. As far as back, you and I go, you know. Over half our lives, I've seen you grow and develop. Yeah, as a man of God, man, I know you've seen me grow from being known as the boxer to being the financial professional. Love making that. that transition. Love um, that.
0: a lot of growth, yeah.
1: You know, we didn't we didn't kick it too much as kids, young, young men, but we, not I know we both saw each other places that we knew we shouldn't have been at definitely <laughs> so, different times for sure. <laughs> so, so we would we, we make we made eye contact right? and not even say nothing to each other, like, see you. You didn't see me. <laughs> uh, that's how that's how loyalty's supposed to go. That's how loyalty's supposed to go. That's, yeah, that's right. So go ahead and just tell about who you are, what you do for living, some of okay. what drives
0: you, man. What makes you unique? Oh man. Um well I believe in a purpose-driven life, and I believe that um when you live a purpose-driven life, you make uh purpose decisions. So um I at this point I uh, am on two boards. Um one is for the National Christian Chambers of Commerce. Um as a millennial. Um, and then the other one is for FCMI, our Fellowship Covenant Ministries International. Um, we're doing um, work all around the world, helping people to be more um, powerful uh, through unity. And we believe that um, we are better if we are working together um, as a team. And so, what I believe is a team is two or more people with a common goal and communication. And so, we're trying to do that around. The world right now, um, and I am obviously a, a pastor, um, but I am an administrator as well at Calvary Christian Center. Um, I have been there for ten years. Um, I am a owner of um, the Godot Family Foundation, and what we're doing with that is uh, helping children. Um, so I am working with organizations all around California uh, to be able to help at-risk. Um, inner city kids uh, to help benefit them um, financially, socially, emotionally, um, in every aspect that we can. Um, So we do uh, events at least five times a year in different parts of California. Um, uh, Let's see. um, I am newly married. So me and my wife, because I am such a businessman, we decided to open up our own uh, company. So my wife is uh, the owner of Labu Extensions, and she does uh, eyelashes, uh, wigs, all the hair uh, that you could ever want. Uh, she's selling it, and um, that's been very successful. Um, I have a bow tie line called Ella Bean. Um, it's a wooden uh, bow tie company where the bow ties are handcrafted. Um, we have a storefront in Tampa Bay, Florida, and um, we've been doing that for... Uh, 15 years. So uh, at this point, uh, like I said, uh, I am looking at four streams of income um, as my foundation as a millennial. I believe that uh, four streams of income is based out of a biblical principle out of the Garden of Eden, which um, the Garden of Eden had four rivers that flowed into it. And if you understand um, gardening, water is just a huge part of growth yeah, um, right. and so i believe that financially we need to have four streams of income as millennials so that we could be millionaires and not having to work for money but to have money working for us i
1: love like that man i love that thought i love that story too man um like you like what you're doing in the ministry is awesome, man. And Congratulations on your marriage. Thank Praise you. God, man. On, man. Thank happy marriage. You shared a little bit about me with yeah. me Yeah. before we got started, man. Yeah. I'm just really excited about what you're doing. I didn't really realize you had the bow tie thing, man. That's awesome. You always wear a sharp-dresser, brother, man. <laughs> hey, you never seen a big dude dress this sharp. Like never seen, in
0: man. your life. <laughs> hey, you got to be comfortable with who you are. You know, I, I believe that uh, even big dudes, bigger, Guys could be fly, and um, you know. Even now, you know, I, I watch as uh, people are starting to identify as confident when they're bigger. Now, um, you know, you see a lot of different people finally um, able to break out of that 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 box of you know my weight is a problem. Um, you know, I see um, without name dropping certain celebrities who finally are you know able to say this is me, this is my body, I'm comfortable. I'm gonna do what I was here to do anyway. You're not stopping me. So
1: okay. I gotta say, man, you 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 always make skinny dreams look good, man. That's right. I, I, I can't pull out the skinny jeans yet, but <laughs> hey, you can pull out the clean loafers, man. You look sharp, bro.
0: Oh man, I appreciate it though. I appreciate it though. Yeah, man. Uh I uh I, I encourage all of you guys to um if you're listening to this, to make sure that you are. Looking at ways to improve uh, the lifestyle for people like, like you. Um, you know, there's somebody out there that's just like you who's gone through a lot of the same things you've gone through, who can identify with a lot of the things you can identify with. And it's okay to be able to just say you're comfortable with being exactly who you are in this moment. And, and I'm telling you, you're not alone in that. You There's somebody else out there that is just wanting somebody to encourage them for where they're at. And I'm telling you guys, start speaking to you the way you're supposed to with confidence, telling yourself that you are enough, that you are uh, more than a conqueror, a world overcomer. You have power in your words. And I'm telling you every morning, it's okay to tell yourself, that you are going to impact the world.
1: Hey, Amen, man. Drop that knowledge on us. Hey, got to. Hey, and this is a, this is a podcast it's all about helping you make continue to make the wise decisions with money. Yeah, it's all about money. And you know, I find I find out I find that in my experience as a professional and also in my own personal life, a lot of people's times, people's mindset, general mindset around money get sculpted from a young age, you know? Sure. That's It can always change throughout the years, but that's kind of where those foundation cornerstones first get set in place. Yeah. So I want to kind of go back and talk about what money was like in your household Okay. Uh, as a child. We'll get there in a second. That's the next thing we're going to do because you're one of the people that's that's like I me, mean, one of the few brothers, you know, you have brother, brothers brother like myself. Yeah. yeah. And you're one of the few ones who's, Dad came for nothing because, you know, all the baby boomers, all the brothers that came for nothing. And then the dad got the bag before we got the bag. For sure, for sure. So we had an interesting upbringing. I know you went to school at Grant.
0: Nope, I went to Uh, Jesuit. You went to
1: Jesuits. Yeah,
0: everybody else in my family went to Grant except for me. My mom actually was a sack high baby. Um, But everybody always says you went to Grant because I was always at Grant almost every day. Until I went for those four years at Jesuit. And it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. What was money like in your household growing up? What was money
1: like?
0: Money money in my household was um, not um, like everybody thought it was. Uh, So for me, um, a lot of people, because my family had a reputation for having a lot of different things, they thought money was uh, flowing, like we were just swimming in money but we were, um, not even close. Um, the house that my parents, um, were in, we, we lived in real Linda all of my childhood until I was 14. And, um, my parents were very frugal. My dad, uh, he was just a beast. He was a black Panther. Um, he was the first black engineer at the railroad, uh, company. So, Um, So he was very much so trying to teach us and instill values about money early. So we didn't get um, Christmas presents without um, working. We didn't get uh, we couldn't even open our presents, man, if you could believe this, without praying to God and saying, of course, you know, thank we're thanking him. But praying for somebody else that we know needed something. He would always make sure we understood that we're in a unique position and that if we ever were to uh, be desensitized to what, who we are, then it would actually be uh, a major problem because we would actually become a problem, um, not understanding that we were placed on Earth uh, to be problem solvers. And I believe that every person um, in business is a problem solver. Uh, you find you find a problem. And you help somebody else to solve it, you know, and um, and that's what makes a profit. So uh, he always taught us how to uh, think on our toes and and uh, how to think ahead, to be proactive in a problem so that you didn't. Uh, so the problem didn't happen to you, but, you know, vice versa. You happen to the problem. You're ahead of it. It shouldn't be um, an obstacle, but an opportunity for you to prosper. So um, so. We were always taught how to manage money, early save money. My dad was a real saver. Um, taught me about coin collecting, um, gold, the value of gold, silver. We were always uh, going gold or silver hunting. We would always buy uh, silver coins and um, and older money. You know, silver certificates, um, gold certificates. Uh, the older the money, the better. And um, so I had a I had a uh, Uh, a little savings, you know, by the time I was like nine, because I didn't have that consumer mind. Um, He never taught us to be consumers. Um, He taught us to make products, not buy them. Um, I'm going to say that again. He taught us to make products and not buy them because, you know, we were always watching commercials and different things that would get us excited. You would see the new toy, you would see the new bikes or it would be something that was big at the time that everybody liked, you know, but he would let us know right off the bat, if everybody's buying it, we're not buying. it. Um, I'll buy you something else that has greater or equal value. And then maybe a few years down the road, you can just buy what you want, but I'm not going to buy it right now because you couldn't, because in his house, you couldn't have a consumer mind. Yeah. Um, so that so money was after we understood order, uh, money was never a problem because if you understood savings, if you understood investing, if you understood positioning, then you would understand how to make income um, constantly, and then after that, money's not going to be a problem.
1: There we go, man. That that's awesome, and that's so rare, especially in a minority household where. Yeah. You you instill those young those 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 ideas and those foundations around money at such a young age, yeah. and also the entrepreneur mindset that your dad has. You know, yeah. Pastor Godot, is he's he's a different kind of pastor. You know, he has a unique anointing on his life that for yeah. the marketplace and ministry, yeah. which is extremely rare, and he's not scared to talk about it. So no. you've been truly you blessed. You can't to come up in a household like that. Let's talk. Let's fast forward a bit and okay. talk about um, a time where maybe you're a little more independent. I know why you were, you went away for school. I did. And uh, let's talk about a time when maybe in those years it might have been those years, might have been some other time, but where you kind of got out on your own, and you, you get and you know you weren't with your pops anymore. Sure. You know you're independent and money kind of smacks you in the face. You get to realize, no,
0: hey, money's a real thing. Ooh. Let's talk about a time like that. Ooh. Uh. Um. Uh, there was a there was a day. Where my dad, uh, my dad told me, he said, "This is the moment where you're going to understand where it's okay to have only five dollars in your pocket, mm-hmm. um, without the without the possibility of having any more come in within the next 24 hours." Okay. And and at one point, um, I thought of, of myself as a total entrepreneur, uh, entrepreneur because I never wanted my parents' money. Mm -hmm. Um, anybody who's ever known me knows that I hated being the rich kid or the pastor's kid or, uh, the one who everybody automatically thought, Oh, your dad did it. Mm -hmm. Um, so in, in high school, I started selling, um, the fake platinum jewelry when I was in, when I was uh, in high school. Uh, Cash Money Records was hey. the biggest thing.
1: That's back when Florida Mall was popping. You hear me? Yeah. Florida Mall,
0: middle of the mall. Hey, hey. hey. they
1: had those kiosks with the
0: Kiosks. And and uh, I found a place uh, in North Natomas, um was my favorite spot. I would go to PJ Mart um, in Natomas, right off of San Juan, and I would buy uh, the different chains. And I would go back to my high school and sell them for double. And, um, so if you ever, if you ever really got to know me, you would always knew I would, I I didn't have a consumer mindset. I always had a hustle. So, um, so I, I started off selling jewelry because I found out that certain people just wanted to stunt. Um, so I gave them what they wanted. Um, when I got to college, um, I started flipping shoes because shoes was an easy way for me to make money. Um, so I would buy them dead stock and Wait for the price to rise on them.
1: See, I was buying those clear Air Forces. Oh, the clear Air Forces! Come <laughs> on, man, make it, make it all sweet. They was coming up those clear air hey, hey,
0: hey, hey, hey! Hey, them knockoff Jordans made a lot of people <laughs> money. Made a lot of
1: people money, and yeah, we had happy customers too. So oh man, <laughs>
0: people just knew they knew they was knockoffs already, yeah. you know. But they just wanted to look cool for two or three days before the soul fell off, whatever <laughs> it was. And I used to love that because, like I said. I understood that the majority of people were consumers. Mm -hmm. So it was easy for me to, um, to, to grab a product, you know, and, and um, I believe that every entrepreneur understands that you try to sell it for twice as much as you pay for it. You know, the concept is buy it low and sell it high, you know, so, you know, so I've always had that mind. I've always thought like that. So right after college, after selling, shoes for whatever time during high school uh i ended up going into concerts and uh i i wanted to do shows uh because I, I i loved um music i i still do love music uh but growing up in a christian household you you wanted to get into the secular world you know mm-hmm. I, I wanted to um I wanted to be around the fabulous, uh, fabulouses of the world. I wanted to be around uh, the yin-yang twins of the world at the time. Young Drove was big back then. Uh, T.I. Uh, so I was 19 years old. I was still in college. And I started um, a promotion company um, with a couple of my, my friends from the neighborhood. And uh, it was called Golden Globe Promotions. And uh, we started doing shows. So I did uh, my first show was with Mario and he had a song. uh, You should let me Love let me be the one and and um, and he came out and we rented out a club. It was called a zoo car and so I would never actually go in the club because I wasn't old enough to go in oh, yet wow. but I would buy the artists and have it all set up and my 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 brother Jules shout out to my brother Jules uh Jay Jules he would uh do all my business for me yeah. so uh so he would uh pay the you know pay the artists and get them all their hotels and everything and Uh, we would do the events and we would always split the money, you know, uh, towards the end of the night. And so I was 19, you know, 20 years old, staying in the hotel all night, waiting on the event to be over with before I picked up my money until I turned 21. And then obviously I kept going, but you know, that's, that was what I was doing to stay away from my family. Um, Mm -hmm. I didn't want anybody to be able to say, uh, Nehemiah was living off his daddy, um, But at the same time, you know, um, um, it was hard to stay away from the blessing because I was his family, because I was his son. um, Certain things, certain doors, certain opportunities would just happen for me. You know, Um, being his son and and knowing that I wanted to maybe one day um, be a part of his, you know, company and grow up maybe to be a pastor or something. I was always very cautious about what people saw me do yeah um so I didn't want to be seen in the club or I didn't want to be seen doing certain things but I was doing it you know and um so I started that compromise in a way um to me I ended up giving the wrong idea to a lot of people about my dad because of how I was acting but it was all because I didn't want his money you
1: know, so, so that, that was a, that was an interesting story in a way I've never heard that question answered, you know, wow. and the money came back and smacked you in the face because by trying to go get on your own, you yeah. didn't think, realize how it's going to impact and reflect you on your family. Yeah. So, yeah. And, that, and that's what it's all about. You know, is that reflection that we, especially you, sure. you're seen as the, the pastor's son. Yeah. If you're cutting up, you know, something must not be right Something's at home. Something's not right at home, yeah. And, and, and you didn't realize that. And that's a real smack in the face, man. By like going out there and getting money away that shit that wasn't in, a, a product right product right of God, the kingdom of God, Yeah, impacted you and the family. So that was huge, man. I appreciate you sharing that with us, man. No question. No question. So man, uh, let, let let's talk about you today. Now you're, you're doing you're doing awesome. Now you're just married. You, I know you just bought a home. That's awesome. Yes, sir. Yes, I know sir. You're, you're in a much better place than you were back. Oh, for Fifteen sure. years ago, when you're promoting clubs, oh, uh, yeah. promoting uh, at <laughs> the zoo cars. So For let's, sure. Let's, let's you out a time see, man. You can go back in time talk to your younger self. Say nineteen, twenty, twenty-one. Those years. Yeah. What are some things you tell yourself to financially? As far as just to keep you on the right track and to make the right decision
0: oh man you know what uh if I could jump in a a, a time capsule man I, I would tell my younger self that I have uh I have sixty more years to 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 make an impact in the world uh I think young younger people they see young people blow up mm-hmm. so quick that they think that's everybody's story that you know, at 16, you can be like that singer or at 21, you can be like Kylie Jenner or by this time you'll be a billionaire. Um, you know, I, I, I see that idea as toxicity because um, you start comparing yourself. Um, and if you guys are listening to me, um, stop comparing Stop critiquing yourself according to other people. Nobody has your story. Nobody has your strength, fortitude, mentality. You're unique by yourself. And it's okay to be yourself and understand that you are a part of God's timing. So for me, I would have loved for somebody to told, tell me I have decades ahead of me. I have decades ahead of me. So start... Start educating myself early. Start putting myself in a position to where um, nobody could get over on me. Um, start, start learning the things that I'm interested in before I just start doing them. I think the problem with some people is you learn a couple of things. You read a couple of chapters out of a book and you think you know the book or you think you've gotten all the education you needed and you didn't. And so, to me, I feel that I rushed a lot of things. I wanted to be a millionaire early, uh, Peyton. I just wanted to be a millionaire early. I wanted to be independent from my family, not a dollar from them, all from me. I wanted to be known as he discovered uh, something unique, or he created something unique, or he's got a gift that's unique. So I, at one point, I was rapping and, uh, wanted to be a rapper because I saw rappers making all the money, mm-hmm. you know. So I see a lot of young people right now, you know, everybody mm-hmm. wants to be a rapper. You know, they're 15, 15, 16 years old and they're following trends. So, you know, that one drug trend, I know you remember the drug trend when, when every rapper mm-hmm. was, you know, yeah. was talking about this. And yeah. then, you know, then it was syrup and then yeah. and then it kind of went to Xanax and Percocets and yeah. all of the different stuff until now everybody's in rehab. You know, yeah, exactly. so you had a bunch of kids that were birthed out of that generation that are all now like we 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 stopped doing all of that. But you influenced a whole bunch of kids now who feel like they want to still do that. For me, I mean, uh little Wayne was the only person that I remember uh talking about drugs freely. Mm-hmm. You know, he was talking about his syrup addiction, different things like that. And and I remember never having actually wanted uh, or desiring to do drugs, really. But the way he made it sound, it just sounded so cool to me. Like mm-hmm. if I wasn't doing drugs, then I wasn't having fun the way I could, you know, or should be. Yeah. And so I, I, I see a lot of the, the younger generation, they catch the trends, they ride the waves and they don't always know where it's going to end because they're trying to be something that they're not just so that they can be successful. Yeah. Go ahead.
1: You unpack a lot there, man. You unpack a lot. That's that's so much to touch on. You know, you know, like, Even as us growing up, when we even grew up in the 90s and early 2000s, yeah. we were growing up, yeah. and we saw the rappers doing this and that, I can't imagine what these kids are experiencing seeing <laughs> this on YouTube, yeah. seeing young men and men. feel Well, we got to be there. And and all the pressure that they're under. And then you tell yourself, they slow down. Take your time. You got decades. You got decades. And I think we put the, everyone for me is 28. I want to be married by the time I'm 28. That number is based on nothing. That million (laughs) dollars is based on nothing. It's not based on the quality of life I want. It's not based on the family I want. You say hey, that sounds like a big number I wanted. Exactly. And you tell yourself, hey, man, you got plenty of time to make that money. Yeah.
0: You
1: yeah. got plenty. And, and don't don't chase this next trend. Right. Don't do it just because it sounds cool and they make it because you make money. Yeah. A, a client actually told me this, told this, said this to a younger client of mine. They were just hanging out. And he told me, he said, hey, man, because my buddy was looking for a career. Yes, yeah, yeah, I like, yeah. Don't chase the money. Find yeah. your passion and find a way to use your passion to make money. Yeah. And that way, you're not working every day. I feel I'm so blessed to be. um, I get to I get to help people for a living. Right. I sit there. and uh, It's an awesome job to help people realize what's important to them and how to how to enjoy their life with their family. And and then
0: you're teaching them how to get there. You know. You know. Instead of it being this uh, this fantasy, you know, of I don't know where and how it's gonna happen. You know, you give them a a practical plan exactly. you know a, a form of direction on how to get there and to make sure guarantee it really that they'll see it
1: yeah we we, we can't say guarantee in my investment of course but, you can but you we know. can, we, but you can Yeah <laughs> yeah i've
0: seen it everybody i've seen it
1: No, but it's just it's just so awesome to see the, the way you can change someone's idea around success, you know, people think success is a brace down a dollar amount. Mm-hmm. And we'll get to this when we ask you about what success means to you okay. here in a bit. Okay. But I really appreciate you sharing that, man. You go back to yourself, hey, man, slow down. I, I said to another guest who said something similar is like, you you want to, like, you got to tie your shoes before you run. Definitely. Because you run and you let your shoes untie, you're going to step in your shoelace and fall on your face. Yeah. And you sit down and tell yourself, hey man, it's, it's, you don't got to get that million dollars tomorrow. Right. You got 60 more years. Yeah. Take your time, find what you're passionate about and use that to promote yourself. It might not be a million dollars, but you might have that lifestyle that you desire. Well,
0: I, I find out that when people rush like that, they have identity issues. They find themselves in what I consider to be an identity crisis because you've picked up so many identities along that journey. Because they were all fake. They were never yours, really. Mm-hmm. They were something that you adopted from somebody. And because you adopted it as it was, like it was you, you tried to become it. And then when you realize that that was just a phase or, uh, or just uh, one of the many options that you had, you start to realize that wasn't you. And then the identity crisis to me kicks in. Well, who am I? Mm-hmm. What was I put here for Becomes your issue when you don't allow the time, the timing, or the patience to work for you. Because, like I said, um, it's a lot of fake. There's a lot of knockoff um, identities out here. You know, a lot of people are lying. They're 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 showing you something, but it's a lie. It's all fabricated. And uh, um, some some other people aren't there. Some other people aren't lying, and they really do have it. But there's a greater number of people who are faking it. Than there are than the people who have it,
1: and the thing, and it's not just faking the dollar amount of the lifestyle, but faking the happiness. Yes, and yeah. like, and the correlation between a ton of money and happiness, and it's not as close as you think. Oh. I was reading a research like you need money to enjoy life. You need that, yeah. yeah. But they had the level of happiness is tracking the level of happiness, and from from like from thirty thousand, seventy thousand dollars. It's a huge jump in happiness. Yeah. For 70000 but For that $70,000 mark, all over to a million, the level of happiness stayed around the same. Not the same. So it doesn't take a ton of money to be happy. And people need to stop. Real, especially now with this cloud chasing generation. Oh, God. It's just It's just so different. They need to realize, man, happiness is not what it means to them. It matters what it means to you. Yeah. What makes you happy is what we really need to plan towards.
0: Yeah.
1: And we aligned our, when we always talk, I always talk about money purpose plans. That's what I call my way of budgeting—it's really just about aligning your spending habits with with, with your values. That's good. You're gonna that's be really happy, good. man. That's right. That's right. Because mm-hmm. that's
0: you being you. Like I said, when you have the right version of you, you've got an identified everything about you that needs to be identified. You're not you're not out here um, with an identity crisis. You're, you're able to say that I'm gonna spend this tonight because I'm not trying to impress nobody. You know, like me when we were buying our house you know, my, my sister's wisdom was don't go out and buy a bunch of stuff just to impress somebody. Don't, don't make it, don't make it a, a, a a big deal. You just bought property in California. Now don't think you got to worry about furnishing every little room, every little thing, because it's going to cost you a whole bunch of money. And it helped me because the first thing a millennial thinks is I need everybody to think I got everything.
1: It's so much about this image that yeah. the image doesn't bring happiness. Yeah, right. And, it's, and especially being newlyweds, man. I want to touch on that. I know, we, I know you got to get out of here soon. So no, I want to talk no, about So how's it been as a newlywed? What's it been like for you? Merging two, I, I don't know where financial background is, but I yeah. know that yeah. you know, it's very, very rare two people with the same financial backgrounds. Sure. And concepts of money coming together. So, yeah. what's it been like merging two different financial backgrounds together and making it work? How's that been for you?
0: Um, you know what? It's actually been a blessing. It's actually been a blessing, and the reason why I say that is because you know what? Merging two lives is a hard thing. Um, I obviously came from a, a dad who um, who was a little harder. Um a little a little different when it came to money. We gotta pause there because Pastor is no joke. No joke. He <laughs> talked about being a little harder.
1: Yeah. Pastor Gano put anybody in check. Oh, <laughs> but, and oh you my don't want to kind of and Pastor Godot still acting strong. Yeah. yeah if yeah, you grab your neck sometimes, I'm like, man, dang, dang,
0: he's dang, physical. Dang but, it hurts. <laughs> but that's being physical to him, you know. Um, uh, back in his day, you couldn't be soft. Yeah, you know, as a black man, obviously, um, growing right. up,
1: he's like my dad. One of the first light skin exactly. brothers. Exactly. So it was tough back you then because you,
0: were, you know, the white people hated you for being half white. You know, the black people hated you because you wasn't all black to them, and so you had to fight white people because you they thought you was black, and you had to fight black people because they thought you was white. So you know, in a lot of ways, he he taught me how to be tougher than a lot of people. You yeah. know how to how to outlast people, how to survive past people. And if there's anything I could ever say about my dad is he's a survivor. You know, um, he he outlasts people like there's been a lot of people who have had something to say about him. But if there was anything negative about him, he would already be in jail. He would have already been, you know, in the newspapers for having, you know, done something or failed. Mm-hmm. But you never see that about him. You know, the only thing you hear are tales like what somebody thinks he's doing or what they think about him. But ultimately, he's shown that a man of God who just does the word, even with flaws, you know, will outlast and survive because they are men that are chasing not after money or not after things, but are chasing after God. And I think that that's huge, you know, for me to see him thrive without chasing money and without chasing status or without chasing possessions. He has it all because, to me, he doesn't chase it. Mm-hmm. And that's what I love about him. He was tough, but he never had his life out of order. It was always in the proper placement.
1: Yeah, your dad talks about I know we're supposed to talk about marriage, but you kind of Sure, got, sure. Your, your dad talks a lot about things falling from the head down. Yeah. So yeah. That's the thing about the church is, pastor's not going to ask us to do nothing that he's not doing.
0: He's number one. He's, he's first.
1: You, you can't ever say, well, you don't do it. Cause he's the biggest giver in our church. I him being your dad at the house. Like you guys could say nothing. Cause I know he practiced everything.
0: He's he, he's preaching he for he sure. Practice. Down to like disciplining himself. Um, just making sure that he had control over his emotions, over his mouth. You know, so he wouldn't eat certain things. You know, he was a vegetarian, really a a, a vegan for uh, almost twenty years. Um, and he showed me that you know basically he would uh, he would want to do certain things, but being able to tell himself no, um, and and if you guys are listening to me, it's okay to tell yourself no sometimes. You know, you don't need to feed yourself something that you know is going to hurt you. Something that two, three weeks down the road, you're going to look back and say, "Well, I shouldn't have done that." He's he he taught me the 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 value of discipline, and 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 one thing that I was and we can stop after that is I don't see a lot of the discipline mindsets um, now. Physical discipline. I see, because there's a lot of fitness mm-hmm. minds, but when it comes to disciplining yourself, being able to control your emotions, your thoughts, your mind, um, I don't see a lot of people pursuing discipline like they used to back in, you yeah. know, in the older times. Because they had
1: to. Yeah, they, they had, had to. to. You had to be able to, especially an African American. You, you had to be able to clear up things, and you can't act. You can't act soft. No, you can't be on your feelings. And and I, my dad's kind of the same way. He's still those same things to me. Like I have to. I can't show you my I can't show you my cards. You know, right. I can't show you how things are impacting on me. Right. And you know, I appreciate you sharing that in the, in the way some the way your dad's been able to outlast. He to yeah. an outlast and he's been able to outlast a lot of things with the word of God. That kind of segues us to our next question is yeah. there's a lot going on in our country, man. Oh, yeah, a lot really. going on in the world with COVID nineteen. Yeah. Um, there's been crimes this year against our people as African Americans. Sure like for the police officers, there's just been so much going on. Every year. It's so easy (laughs) to get a sense of uncertainty. So what are some things that you've done to maintain a sense of certainty in what's otherwise uncertain times?
0: Oh, well, you know what? I I found myself um, really reading a lot more Mm -hmm. Um, because um, I felt like uh, in these uncertain times, I had to realize that there's always been uncertain times. This isn't the first time. It might be the first time for some people, but this isn't the first time a lot of these atrocities has occurred on the earth. And so I I, I look back at what people had done before um, when depressions came or when plague came or, um, you know, when government um, agencies were in question or whatever it may be. And I realized that a lot of great people have done great things in times of uncertainty. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of great companies, a lot of great ministries, a lot of great, um, things have happened out of times of uncertainty. So I, I started, uh, pushing myself, um, while I'm praying, while I'm, while I'm reading my scriptures and that I'm asking God to speak to me. And this was the first time I really wanted God to really speak to me because I didn't want it to be from any other place or entity. Um, I I saw myself finally saying, um, God, um, I want you to use me and I want you to show me exactly what it is you want from me. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I saw myself, um, praying with other people, praying for other people. So I I didn't spend a lot of this time trying to pray for me. I spent a lot of the time praying for other people because, uh, to me, I, I have a stronger mindset because of who I was around my whole life. And so I started praying for those who I felt like were suicidal or um, in these uncertain times of, of being isolated. I hate isolation because the Bible says that it's not good. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not well for man to be alone. So I knew there was a lot of men becoming more porn addicted. I knew that, uh, I knew that there were women who were finding out things about their men and their relationships. I knew that uh, financial, you know, hardships had came. And um, so that's why we opened up a food program. I, I was trying to be a blessing to people because that's, a, I mean, that's part of who I am. Um, um, I don't like to just talk faith and just talk religion. I like to talk action. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just somebody who believes that uh, words are words until you put them in action. So faith mm-hmm. I mean, it just, it just is. And and I could sit here and talk about prayer and and how you know I was seeking God every day, but that's what I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. You know, whether or not I actually became a product of what He told me to do and then started to do it is something totally different. Mm-hmm. You know so um, so we knew that people were clearing out grocery stores, so like I said, we wanted to we wanted to give a food option, so we started every Tuesday and Thursday. Um, In two spots in Sacramento, we do a food giveaway every week because there were so many families in need. Well, the stimulus checks didn't come. And then you had a lot of other guys who decided to profit off of other people's uncertainty. So you got people who were taking um, the unemployment money and they're running up, you know, they're taking all the unemployment money. You got other guys who are taking all the small business money, you know, considering themselves hustlers considering themselves businessmen when you are no different to me than the government that was taken from our people from the beginning mm-hmm. you are not helping our community mm-hmm. by robbing the small businessman or the other person who had their unemployment paperwork in but because you have put in 10 false ones
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know you consider yourself a money man or a hustler, you're a part of the problem. And there was a lot of families to me that all went through way more financial hardship than they should have because of greed. And somehow people equated, uh, like I said, them being a hustler with, mm-hmm. without seeing the greed that was behind it. How many people you hurt. Because of that, so you could go buy a Rolex.
1: You know that happens so <laughs> much, man. Like it is, for for me, it's the same thing with drug dealing. Like, are yeah. destroying your own community. Yeah, or, or our communities where we come from, you're destroying them so you can have a, so you can have a Rolex. Yeah, right? like, you know, you know what drugs do. Yeah, why? How could you bring yourself to do this to your people? But like, I think I don't want to get too off topic. I know it. I know. I'm sorry. But the, thing I'm that, sorry. the thing that the thing that the thing that came in my spirit that you were saying, man, was like, two things. So. It's crisis breeds opportunity, yeah, and then there's two ways to see that you know that's crisis, better opportunities for those same guys to go uh, and rob these people sure. still from the government still sure. money still from money that should have been given to small business owners or families in need, yeah, but also better for the opportunity for you to go out there and serve yeah and be the head and the feet of Christ and yeah you said you're about action man yeah, and so the the thing the way you ask that for you to maintain a of certainty was to get out there and serve and do what yeah. do what God put you here to do, man. Yeah. So yeah. I really appreciate you sharing that, man. That's awesome. We're getting here to the end, man. We're about to wrap it up. ask everyone who comes on the show, thanks. man. Thanks,
0: thanks for listening, guys. Come
1: on, What's what, what what does you know the word financial success? mean? You know, it means a lot of things. It means different a lot of different things in the same person. Yeah different times, but financial success with you when you are 19 at a zoo car, yeah. or at the hotel next to a zoo car, <laughs> right, right, isn't right. what financial success was to you today, and what financial success is to you today, probably isn't what financial success means to you 10 years from now. Sure. So I don't want to think about it from a dollar amount, yeah, but more about a quality of life, more than that lifestyle looks like to you. Yeah. So there am I today, 2020, what does financial success look like and mean
0: to you? Oh, okay. Well, when I was younger, it was the money, the money, the cars, the cars and the clothes. Uh, some of y'all know the song, but yeah, I no, you, know I mean? you know, um, but you know, to me, it's what I can do for others. Um, to me, success is me being able to create and help other people to be successful. So, you know, I was talking and I, and I'll wrap it up with this, you know, Puff daddy, Puff daddy had a reputation, um, like a lot of the New York cats, you know, even Jay Z had been accused of cutting his business partners Um, And taking advantage of the artists that he had in his label or, you know, just so that he could be the biggest, you know, Forbes person, you know, and I remember listening to a recent interview where um, somebody was saying to Puff Daddy, like, just give everybody you messed over what they're worth. Mm -hmm. Just give them what they earn. You know, there's a bunch of rappers that I remember growing up because I used to think bad boy was just it, you know, on the East Coast. And I, you know, and shine to me is, is not in the financial place he should have been, um, uh, different, you know, ones loom, just got out of prison, uh, Mario wine uh, you know, you heard a lot of those names around him and, and none of them are in that conversation of being successful mm-hmm. only he is, um, And to me, that's the opposite of what uh, I want to be. I don't necessarily want to be the richest person because I cut everybody. That's not success to me. Success to me is being able to look at everybody around me and knowing that we may not have too many financial discrepancies and we don't necessarily have millions of dollars more than the person next to me. But that all of us are millionaires and all of us have enough for our families and all of us are able to be able to provide for another family or 10 families or 20 families. To me, uh, you're not blessed until you learn how to be a blessing. And to me, the the only way for you to be a blessing is for you to get to a place of success, Mm -hmm. for you to get to a place of financial stability to where you're free financial freedom to me is not success and it's only in its own pure form. I believe that once you're financially free, then that shows or proves who you really want to be. Do you want to be the greedy person who is all about me, me, me? Or are you the person who then says that there's families over here in this part of the city that could use just a little bit of something? See, see, what's so crazy about being successful, some people think once you finally got a certain amount of money, you got to give everybody ten thousand, dollars hundred thousand dollars. No, it's crazy how much fifty dollars will do for somebody. You know, uh, you know. I remember one time I was at the A.M.P.M. and I'll just write. I'll stop. <laughs> but I'm at the A.M.P.M. and this guy um, who I knew, um, he was going through some financial hardships, and and he just asked me, he, you know, do you got forty dollars? Hmm. And, and I remember saying to myself like, wow, like I got a pocket full of hundred dollar bills. Like I don't even have two twenties on me right now, <laughs> you know, like um, so I walked into the AM PM and I, and I bought something so I could break down the hundred and I, I gave them $60 because I got, I mean, I had the money, I was successful. I was able to do that in that moment. Well, I had no idea that the the man had went out gambling the night before. Mm -hmm. And he had lost everything that him and his wife had been working for. Mm -hmm. And they had his, they had, I think it might've been Thanksgiving. So I think it was Thanksgiving, you know, the day before Thanksgiving and he didn't have enough money to buy the dinner. Mm -hmm. And just because I happened to be there and he asked me and I was able to give it to him he didn't have to face some of the, the hard heartache that was going to come because of some of his bad decisions. Well, to me, that's the person I love being. I love being the person who's able to, in the nick of time, come and be a blessing to somebody who doesn't know that what they've been believing for is getting ready to come true. um, That's why I believe in the work that I do so much because, you know, we have a drug program. So, I've had a lot of uh, families that have been broken up because of drugs. Well, we're able to, um, we were able to purchase an apartment complex and we have, we call it our men's home, our, over, our overcomers home. Um, well, in order for me to put families back together, Peyton, I got to be able to first get the husband, uh, the, the, the father in the right frame of mind. Well, I got to take him out of his, uh his, I got to take him out of his comfort zone for maybe one year to teach him something. And then I can put him back into the population and then he'll be a better man. Well, I've seen more families come back together, you know, men that are now able to be great fathers to their children because of some money that may have maybe not meant a whole lot to me, but meant a whole lot to them. And so um like I said uh, to me, you're not successful until you're seeing families brought back together because of what you're doing um you're seeing lives change because of what you're doing uh to me, like I said, if you can't uh breed success in other people, you haven't reached success
1: man, that was an awesome answer that, and to sum it up to of success to you is to you, you you're blessed so you can be a blessing yeah. When you're in a place to where you're able to freely bless others the way you want that your heart desires to bless them, yeah. that's when you consider yourself financially successful. That's the truth. That was an awesome answer, and then I want to say one more thing before we wrap up. Man, you're definitely a leader. You know, this morning I was up reading the reading chronicles. Yeah, and uh, they're talking about David. They're talking about David's men of valor. Yeah, the men under David. Like, that's right. I, I love this. I love the story of David. Right. I, I digress. One of my favorites. So, so I'm reading that, and, and and I'm seeing how he wanted he wanted some water. Yeah. And so these men say, Oh, you want some water? Let's go get it from the Philistines. So they go out there to battle and get this water poured for David, their leader. And then David dumps the water and goes, I'm not gonna drink this water. That I put my own men's life at risk for to get. Exactly. And that's like, and it was, was that day was like, that's a leader right there. Yeah. He he says, I'm not gonna risk my men. You just want to you want everyone to be blessed, man, not just yourself. That's when you you feel blessed when you're able to bless others. We all able the best yes awesome man.
0: yeah because it's a it's a it's a cycle that um until somebody misunderstands it will never be broken amen amen and and if if you know a lot of people try to keep it in their family what a lot of uh, what a lot of the one percenters do is they try to keep it in their family and you know most of the time when you've ever heard of like corporate takeovers or hostile takeovers, is because somebody thought that the son or the daughter, whoever was the inherited one, wasn't qualified to run the company. So somebody else who helped build the company would come in and just take the company because the child sometimes didn't understand it. Well, to me, that was something that they had planned. They wanted to keep it in the family as long as they could until somebody misunderstood why they were doing it. And so for me, right, I personally feel like every single person connected to you, if you teach them how to fish versus giving them the fish, then they'll be able to teach the next person how to do it. And so that should breed more success than anything is because the more numbers and, you know, their strength in numbers, the more numbers we have doing it correctly, the more success we'll see around the country. I, mean, I know we keep wanting to wrap up, but you keep saying things I got to
1: touch on, man. Go ahead, go ahead. That's just some straight fire right there. But, my, man, just what you're saying, and, and I've seen it in your family. Yeah. You know, there's so many churches that the dad passed the church off to the son and the church falls apart, they lose members. Yeah. But dad, and now, now I see where that comes from. Dad, when I say dad, I mean your father. Sure. he He's, he's sowed seeds in you and Phil Jr., 'Cause you guys are next in line. Yeah. And like I see you guys ready. And it's just it's just awesome to see that I was planned, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: Your dad was mindful. He is purposeful. I always talk to my clients about being purposeful. That's the intent when you want to do things to make you successful. Yeah. And your dad wanted to create some generational wealth and keep something in the family. Yeah. So we realized my boys who are next in line, I gotta show them, I gotta let them know they're next in line. And They got to see the vision, yeah, so they can get in line with the vision, yeah. So that, that's gonna bring us to the end here, man. I just want to thank you for coming on. You've been an awesome guests, I'm sure you're gonna be thank back, you guys. Uh, thank back you at guys. some point, yeah. And uh, anybody want to reach out to Nairn or leave some contact kind of information if that's yeah. okay with you, sure. in the show notes. And just man, you guys have a blessed week, I'm sure you are out here in this episode,
0: yeah, man. <laughs> Love you guys,
1: all right. God bless. Congratulations, guys. You've officially made it to the disclosure portion of the show. I'm an investment advisor representative of Securities offered through Bertha Fisher & Company, Financial Services, Inc., BFCFS member, FINRA-SIPC. Homes Financial is independent of BFCFS. Thanks, and have a blessed week.